0: Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I will be your host for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, I've got another couple case studies here for you. Uh, What I wanted to do today was uh, cover one of the listener questions that we didn't get to Uh, in our Q&A episodes. Um, And there's actually more of these and we're going to reconvene uh, a group of us and answer some of the other ones in the future. But I wanted to take this one specific question and answer it on this episode using a couple vehicles that I've been through recently uh, to kind of well, basically just answer the question. So let me start with what that was. Um, one of the listeners sent me a question, and of course, a lot of them did pertain to network stuff, which I seem to be doing a lot of uh, lately, and we talk about a lot lately, but uh, you know, that's vehicles now. Uh, everything you know, modern is gonna have multiple networks on the vehicle, and so we're gonna see a lot of issues and problems related to those networks. But the question was, what is the difference between a uh, U-code, uh, network code that says implausible or invalid data and a network code that just says no communication. So for example, uh, you could have a U-code that says, uh, you know, in a particular module that says, I cannot communicate with the ABS control module, no communication with the ABS control module. And for that, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It means that one module is not seeing the other module on the network for whatever reason, you know, maybe there's a network problem, maybe there's a module problem, whatever it might be, that's the meaning of those codes. And we see plenty of those no communication codes. But we also have U-codes that will often say something like implausible or invalid data. So what does this mean? Is it the same type of code? Uh, What's going on here? And to put it simply, you know, because there's a lot of variation here, make sure to read the code definition for the vehicle you're working on because these generic U-style codes, uh, the OBD2 format code, just because you have the same number code in two different vehicles, doesn't always mean the exact same thing. And I have found with these network codes, you can have multiple modules on a vehicle and each one could set, let's just make up a code number. We'll be talking about this later, but a U0415 that code could mean something slightly different depending if it is in the powertrain control module or the analog brake control module. So you want to make sure you're paying attention to the definition of the code for the vehicle you're working on and even for the module you're working on. But um, with these implausible or invalid data style codes, um, what this simply means is that there are two modules on a network. Obviously, there's more than just the two, but there are two modules on the network that are going to send messages to one another, and they expect something specific in these messages. And when you have these implausible data or invalid data, generally speaking, it means that these modules can actually send messages back and forth. They can actually communicate. The network is intact. Both modules are powered up and functioning, maybe maybe not correctly, but they're functioning enough to send messages, but the message that one module got from the other was missing some information or it did not like the information that it got from that particular module. So what that means is there is communication. There is network integrity, if you want to call it that. Uh, messages are being sent between these two modules, but we still get a network code because one of those modules is unhappy with the data that it did receive from the other. All right, so that's the simplest way to explain the difference between a purely no communication code and an implausible invalid data code. So I've got a couple of vehicles here today um, that I was gonna go through that kind of relate to these codes uh, and help you understand this a little bit better. And both of these vehicles really go to show How interconnected the systems on vehicles are today. And I mean, really, these two vehicles, one's a 13 and one is a 14. They both happen to be Fords, but you know, those are eight years old at this point or nine years old at this point. And so it's not even really modern. I think. What we're seeing here is just becoming more and more commonplace the newer the vehicle that we work on. Is that these modules, these systems, they need each other to function properly. They need data from one another in order to do their job. And we got to understand that when we go into a diagnosis. If one module is malfunctioning for whatever reason, it could just be missing the information that it needs from another system or another module. Always keep that in the back of your mind is whatever this is supposed to be doing, where does it get the information to do that? Let me give you a couple examples. And some of these are very basic. So I'm sure that you probably already know this, but the simplest example is our instrument panel cluster has our speedometer on it, right? Shows the speed of the vehicle. On a interconnected system that has a vehicle network, that cluster is probably going to get the vehicle speed from either the transmission control module or maybe the ABS in some vehicles. But the fact of the matter is there is if your speedometer is not working, it may not be the fault of that cluster at all. That cluster can't operate the speedometer if it's not getting a speed signal from whatever other module it's supposed to on the network. So just a very simple example of a you know, the, the cluster is the very visible module that's malfunctioning. The speedometer is not working. That's what the customer would complain about. But we're not fixing anything on the speedometer. Now, we may go in there diagnostics and figure out, is it getting a speed signal? Do we see it in the data pid uh, for the module? But you should go into it, uh, again, on a modern vehicle, understanding that that speed signal is not directly fed into that cluster. Um, It needs to come from somewhere else on the vehicle. Another one that's maybe a little bit more complex is that our analog brake controller needs the steering angle position from our steering column control module. Okay, So a lot of vehicles will have a control module that is going to monitor all the buttons on the steering wheel, monitor the steering position as far as an angle, and it will distribute that out, the analog brake controller needs that information in order to do its functions properly. So if you have a steering wheel angle sensor that's faulty or not calibrated, you could have a code in the ABS saying, hey, I don't like the information I'm getting from the steering column control module. But once again, and I'm just kind of repeating myself here, but you got to understand that these messages are coming from somewhere else on the vehicle through a network. Uh, One other example, um, and we'll have this in the case study, is that switch inputs, so just buttons that the driver of the vehicle is going to press in order for something to happen, whether that be headlights or cruise control or the ignition or all kinds of different things, these are going to be bussed into the network to another module, in a lot of cases, for the function to actually happen. Okay, so and we're going to see this in one of the vehicles is that we press a button it's just a switch and that switch goes into one module and then that module sends that input, that bust input out onto the network and it goes to the module that actually performs the function. So if that module is not functioning, the one that's actually supposed to do the work, we need to consider where does that switch input come from. And honestly, reading the diagram in most cases is going to help you. Obviously, service information is probably going to get you there. Um, but if you're wondering, okay, how does this button get from point A to point B through a network? You know, Who are the modules involved? Where does this switch input actually go in order to get onto the network? Because the switches aren't tied directly into the network in most cases a wiring diagram really is going to be handy there because it's going to show you, okay, this switch feeds this module. I should go to that module first, see if I have the data pids, and then I can go from there. But uh, another thing to consider too, when you're looking at data pids on a scan tool and you see maybe some switch inputs and stuff like that, consider that the Datapids that you're seeing may be a bust input, meaning you're hitting a switch, you're seeing it change on a datapid, data but that might not be a direct feed to the module that you're monitoring. Um, that could be a bust input. And uh, I don't know if anyone's used the YTECH for Chrysler, they actually show you on the data stream as you're looking at these PIDs, whether it's a direct input or a BUST input, which is really handy. I wish every scan tool would be set up that way. That would be just really handy to see, okay, this input's coming from somewhere else on the network, or it's a direct feed to this particular module. Um, and this isn't <laughs> to talk all about the Y-Tech. It is expensive to use, but man, it's handy. They actually have a search bar for the data pids as well. Oh man, I wish every scan tool would have that, that you could just type in the data pid you're looking for and then it's going to delete everything else. It's just like a Google search for data PIDs. Um, that would be fantastic if every scan tool had that set up. So uh, if you're out there working for <laughs> Autel or Launch or something, there you go. That's, that's the next thing to add into the scan tools. Anyways, uh, let's get back to it here. Let's go through the first case study. Uh, this is actually one of my students' vehicles, and we were in our computer networking course just recently. So this problem. And, and I say problem with quotations, you'll understand why, it was perfect for this class. And so we dug in a little bit more than I probably would or anyone else probably would in a real-life situation, but we decided to go as far as we could for learning's sake. And, you know, they're students, they're just figuring this out for the first time. So we wanted to try to resolve what was going on, even though – it wasn't necessarily a problem. And honestly, if you didn't have a scan tool, the customer, the driver, the vehicle would never know there's an issue here. And so maybe I'm kind of hard pressed to even call it an issue, but you'll figure it out as we go. Um, Anyways, we had the car in just to do some basic worksheets as far as network tests. And we did find through an all system DTC scan that the power steering control module had set a U0415. Oh, and I don't know if I mentioned, this is a 2014 Ford Fusion uh, with a two liter four cylinder, just for reference on what we're working on. But in the power steering control module, um, there was a U0415. No warning lights on, on this thing. Again, you wouldn't know this code was present unless you did a DTC scan. Again, this is the power steering control module. It's electric power steering on this vehicle, and it has this code. We looked up the definition for this code, and it indicates that the power steering control module is receiving invalid data from the ABS module okay so that was what we talked about earlier it's not a no-com situation with the abs it is invalid data it doesn't like something about the data that it's getting from the abs module okay so we did try clearing this code because i generally don't chase network codes unless they're hard faults uh, because you know you can have low battery uh, voltage and things like that set network codes you can just have some ghost network codes here and there um, and if they're not consistent i don't chase them but what we found was Was after we cleared this code out of the power steering control module, it would return consistently every single time you move the vehicle, you drive the vehicle, get it up to 5 to 10 miles an hour, and it would set this code again, this U0415 invalid data in the power steering control module, but invalid data from the ABS controller. Okay. So uh, we go to the ABS controller. There were no codes in there. We were able to communicate with it just fine. It's a network course. That's, you know, we're in the school setting here. So I had them scope the network. I don't know if this would have been the first way that I would have gone right here, uh, right to the scope, but heck on this one, we just got to go to the Uh, high-speed CAN-2. That's the network that both of these modules are on right at the DLC. We scoped it. It looks great. Nice, clean CAN signal. And, you know, we can kind of assume that because, again, we don't have no communication codes and there's no other modules that have anything. But I thought, let's have them take a look and see you know, what this network communication looks like. What, what does the data transmission and the voltages on the can lines look like? And it looked great. Okay, so we're really not going to chase uh, the actual network in this case. And again, generally speaking with these invalid or plausible data codes, I, I generally don't find that it's an actual network issue. I'm sure it could be. I'm, I'm sure there's exceptions to that. But for the most part, um, this has something to do with the message that the module is sending rather than the medium between the two. So I wanted them to dig into the code definition a little bit more uh, than we had just by reading the description. I want to know, can we find out exactly what the power steering control module is? is upset about, doesn't like, or is not seeing from the ABS. And unfortunately, when you go into the codes for this um, in the service information, it really kind of is indescript on what message it's not seeing or it's unhappy about. It's just saying that something from the ABS, um, the power steering control module is doesn't like and it's going to set this code. Again, no warning lights, but it's setting a code very consistently. And again, maybe we're digging a little too far on this one, but I wanted them to learn about networks. And so this is a great way to do it. Ford's service information on CAN bus network data transmission is probably the best, in my opinion, uh, the information that they give you. Uh, They're going to set up the network topology very well for you. They'll give you some scope captures of the network, but they also, if you go into the component description operation for their module uh, network communications, and, and this is like all data or Mitchell, you can find this info in there. They break down every single message that is sent out on the CAN bus It says what network it's sent out on because there's multiple buses on this vehicle, and it will say the originating module, you know, who sent out the message in the first place, and it will say all the other modules that are meant to receive that message. And for this particular vehicle, there was, I think, maybe 15 different pages of of different messages. Of course, there's a lot of messages that are going to be sent out on this CAN bus. But what I had my students do was go through and find all of the messages that were sent out by the ABS and because it's just set up in columns on these pages, all the messages that are sent out by the ABS and also received by the power steering control module. And so they went through all of this. Of course, it really wasn't actually that bad when you're just looking for these two modules to match up um, for the data transmission. And what we ended up finding was that the ABS sends wheel speed sensor signals. It sends the yaw rate. It sends the lateral acceleration. And it sends a message if the ABS is active. Okay. So if the ABS is activated, it will also send the message. Now the ABS does send more messages out than that, but not to the power steering control module. These four messages are the only ones that the power steering control module cares about. Okay. Well, this kind of might move us in the right direction here. At least we know what messages are sent. There's only four of them. I mean, I guess you could consider the wheel speed sensors uh, for individual messages, but All related, at least now we have something to look at. Like we can go to the ABS and look at these specific things and see is there anything you know out of the ordinary or we can maybe go to a data pit in the power steering control module and see is it receiving this information now we found in the power steering control module the data pids were pretty limited and we're using the ids here but they didn't really have anything that related to these messages that we saw were being sent but in the abs we did find all of this you know wheel speed sensors yaw rate I believe there was a data PID to save the actual, you know, slip or ABS was being activated. And so we went out in a drive and we looked at these data PIDs, couldn't see anything that was out of the ordinary. And again, there's no codes in the ABS. So I I guess I wasn't too surprised about this, but I wanted my students to go through this and look at these data PIDs and see, do they all seem to be functioning normally? Okay. So where do we go from here? Again, in my own diagnostic process. I might have done this upfront to save time, but I like my students to go through the learning process. So at this point, we're not really sure where to go. Well, let's look for service bulletins or known problems. And again, I recommend doing that first. <laughs> save yourself some time. But if you're trying to learn these systems, I like actually going through the process before we, you know, jump to the end before we get that cheat code to figure out what's wrong. But in this case, there was no cheat code. Uh, We actually did not find any service bulletins pertaining to this code. Uh, We didn't find anything uh, related to what we had going on. There was a few other, I think, hits and identifix for the code, but along with others, and it ended up being a circuit issue, not what we have going on here. So where do we go from here? Um, And again, it doesn't really matter if we fix this because there's no warning lights, but We just, we'd spent some time at this point. So we're like, we got to at least try to see if we can do something uh, to get rid of this code. So the next thing that we did was we checked the modules to see if there's any sort of software update because we have the IDS hooked up. And we found that there was an update in the power steering control module that was available. There was a later calibration for that module. Okay. Hook up the voltage maintainer, let the IDS do its thing. We updated the power steering control module same code set as soon as we move the vehicle. Okay, that didn't fix it. How about the ABS? Um, There's not actually an option to even update the ABS controller on this vehicle. If you go into module reprogramming through the IDS, ABS is not even listed there. So there's not even an option. That's just the way Ford decided to set it up. But I told him, well, why don't we try just doing a PMI, which is Programmable Module Installation. It's basically programming the module as if it was new. Let's give that a shot and just see what happens. You know, we're hooked up with the IDS already. It doesn't really cost us anything more, but a little bit of time. And let's just run through that programming of the ABS. And it's kind of a long shot. It's just, you know, kind of a guess at this point, but what's it going to hurt to try? So we do that. We Uh, reprogram the ABS module as if it was new. We were kind of treating it like a new module installation. And um, it went through the process, reprogram the ABS. We had to do some calibrations uh, along with that. Um, But after we did that, we took it out for a drive and it was gone. And I should note on those calibrations on that ABS, we had tried a couple of those as well. I think it's the IVD calibration. We had done that a couple times as well. And that hadn't cleared the code. But after the programming, we did the calibrations, and we drove it, and the code was gone. And the the student took his car home, drove it around for a couple days. We checked it again when we were back out in the shop. code was still gone. So we're pretty confident to say we were able to clear that code by reprogramming the abs module so whatever software was in that abs module and whatever message it was sending out who knows which one it was whether it was yaw rate or wheel speed sensors or whatever it must have been corrupted somehow some way Uh, being able to tell what exactly that is that's beyond my scope um, of abilities but uh, we can Pretty confidently say that we did fix it. We cleaned up whatever message was being sent out, and now the power steering control module is happy. So um, I thought that one was pretty interesting, and it just goes to show, again, the interconnection of the systems on vehicles and what other modules are looking from from other modules in order to function properly, or at least not to set codes. All right, for the second vehicle, I want to point out that understanding where one of these bust inputs is coming from is going to be important. Because what if there is no code to guide you to the problem? And what I mean by that is with our U0415, it's specifically laid out for the power steering control module that the ABS message was the problem. We know at least a direction to go. But what if you don't have any codes? What if something just doesn't work? And in this case, we have a 2013 Ford Edge uh, that... I was actually called into to calibrate the adaptive cruise control, which is an eight-ass function of this Ford Edge. Uh, it's the cruise control. It has a radar unit up in the front grille, and it is going to adjust the speed of the vehicle so that you can stay a specific distance away from the vehicle in front of you. And you can set the distance. You can turn on and off the adaptive cruise and just use normal cruise if you want, but that's the setup on here. And That's all the shop called me for was, hey, can you come calibrate this? Because we have a code, which is a a U0300, um, and I'll I'll make a note on that code as well. Uh, The definition of that code is internal module software incompatibility not configured. Okay, so this is a U-code, but this really is not a network code at all. Um, and so this is another example of where you got to read the definition of the code because it's it's in the cruise control module. It's not having an issue with anything else on the network, um, but it's saying that it's not configured. And if you go into the definition for this code, it says just to do the calibration or the alignment For the cruise control module. And that's it. And so they saw this code, they read that information, and they wanted me to come calibrate this for them. And actually, they had tried it with their scan tool. They went out and attempted this calibration. And after the fact, they saw this code, uh, assumed that it had failed. The calibration or the alignment uh, for this and so they wanted me to come in with the ids and do it so that's what i do hook up to it and it's actually really simple you don't need any targets or anything for this one all you need to do is basically hit the button for the cruise control alignment or calibration procedure i can't remember if they use calibration or alignment in there but anyways you hit the button in the ids it tells you that a warning indicator is going to come on the dash saying adaptive cruise not available, and it did, and it said to drive the vehicle, I think it was above 30 miles an hour for 5 to 10 minutes going straight. Uh, So I actually had to go out on the freeway in order to get a long enough stretch of road where I was going straight. Of course, after about 5 minutes or so, the warning indicator turned off. And IDS says, if you read the instructions during this process, it says the warning indicator will turn off when the procedure is complete. But there's another note in here, and this is important to resolving this vehicle, of course. It says after the alignment is complete, there will be a code still stored in the cruise control module. And you need to clear that out in order for, obviously, the code to be gone, but for everything to function properly. Okay, so that's important to note. And honestly, I think what happened here after I got the full story was I think they were successful in the calibration because they said they did the same thing. They took it out and did it with their scan tool, but this U0300 was present after the fact and it was there for me as well after I did the calibration, but I cleared it and it did not come back. I'm kind of thinking that's what they missed was that they didn't clear it after the fact. Either way, I do that, and now I just want to make sure that the cruise control works, but it doesn't. Nothing happens when I try to turn the cruise control on. Like, there are no indicators. There's nothing happening. Okay, well, now I'm thinking maybe it didn't go through, something didn't work, or maybe there's a problem with this module. Uh, What's going on here? So before I head back to the shop, I just want to check a few more things before I tell them, hey, this didn't work. Your cruise control is still not operating. Um, so I look in the cruise control module and I find that there really aren't any data PIDs that are out of place. It says alignment, success, um, shows a, you know a variety of data PIDs relating to the cruise control system. But when I press the button again, I don't get any change. I don't get any, Change of status in there. Now, I don't have all the data pids for my switch, but I do have like a command, you know, whether the cruise is being command on or off. And no matter what I do, I don't seem to get any change out of this module. Now, here's where it's important to understand that button on the steering wheel to activate the cruise control there's an on off set resume cancel and then there's also a button that you can change the distance between you and the car in the front of you so that would be the addition to this cruise control that you might not see on a conventional setup But how does the information on that button get to this cruise control module that actually lives behind the front grille of the vehicle? It's probably not directly wired to that module. It doesn't go switch to cruise control module. I could probably guess that, but who's in the middle? Again, this is where looking at a wiring diagram will be helpful. And in this case, our cruise control switch, along with some others, goes through the clock spring and into the steering column control module so our steering column control module is then going to send your intentions as far as cruise control out over the bus to the cruise control module and then the cruise control module and in combination with the pcm is going to activate the cruise so here's what we need to look at since the switch doesn't seem to be doing anything and i don't have any codes in anything at this point I want to look at the steering column control module and see if he has data PIDs for this switch. So I go in there, I look, and it does. It actually has every single button on that cruise control switch and it shows, you know, what's being pressed there. And so I press the button and I have set, I have resume, I have cancel, I have gap up and down. My on-off portion of the switch doesn't do anything. It says not press the entire time. I can press it as hard as I want. So at this point, I'm gonna go back to the shop and talk to him about it because I, this really wasn't a diagnostic at this point. I just wanted to have some information when I go back and tell him that the calibration didn't work. So I go back and I tell him, "Hey, I'm looking at the data pids and it doesn't seem to be responding to this switch. You know, do you want me to go any further with this? Uh, you know, I'll look and see maybe this just thing just needs a switch." He's like, "Oh, we already replaced that." I was like. Oh, okay. So we were trying to fix a cruise control that was inoperative from the beginning. Here, it's like, yeah, we tried that, and then we tried the calibration. We had that code, so then we called you. Okay, so kind of my fault for not getting all the information up front, but that's the way it goes. Um, Sometimes (laughs) I just uh, take it at face value and say, let's do this calibration. But anyways, okay. So now we need to figure out exactly what's going on here. Is it a switch or is it something else? Um, So. This switch, again, is on the steering wheel, That's a brand new one from Ford, and it just uses some resistors in order to send its signal, but here's the deal. It sends the signal through the clock spring into the steering wheel column control module. So after doing a little bit of testing, what I found was if I held the button for the on-off switch and I rotated the steering wheel to a specific position, I could get the button to respond, and I saw that in the steering column control module and I actually saw it up on the dash that the cruise was on it was active it was ready to go once you hit that on button because you have to hit the on button and then you can hit the set or the resume or whatever you want to do with it and then as soon as I'd move the steering wheel again it would stop so I told them I'll like, get a clock spring for this thing obviously the steering column control module can respond when it sees the input you've replaced the switch already um, I didn't bother taking the steering wheel apart to verify, you know, the the circuit integrity. But I think, uh, you know, we can make a pretty good judgment call there that there is a problem with the clock spring in the vehicle. So that was a fix for that one. So, again, bust inputs. We're getting inputs from other places on the vehicle. If something's not working, just ask yourself, How does the information get to this module? What does this module or this system need to operate from other modules or systems on the vehicle? And how does it get there? Who's the middleman? Where is this information coming from? Who does it have to go through? Um, And again, when you see those implausible or invalid data codes, uh, they may mean that the message is reaching its destination, but it's not what that module wants to see. So hopefully you got something out of that. You enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to be getting some interviews going this week. I know I've had three weeks in a row of just case studies, uh, but I've got a number of interviews lined up. uh, So great stuff coming up. Other than that, though, let's get out there. Start fixing the world one car at a time.